everybody. Saturday night. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're ready for a lot of uh, information. Tomorrow, join me here at church, 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. we got two services, 9 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. Google it. See how far you are away. Come and join me here. Get to a church that's preaching the Bible. Make sure that they're really preaching the Bible. Don't go to a church that locked down. Don't go to a church that's still social distancing and got alcohol gel stations set up and temperature taken or whatever else they're doing. Don't go to a church that caved to the whole COVID response hoax. Don't go there. Don't make excuses about it. Well, they're kind people trying to be good neighbors and community partners. It's garbage. It's antithetical to scripture. Go to a real Bible-believing church. Google us, see how far we are away. If we're closer than two hours, get here tomorrow. If you're in the... uh, Tampa Bay area, go to the River Church with Rodney Howard Brown, churches that stayed open, churches that, you know, put their fist in the air and said, no, not me, I'm going to I'm gonna be strong, and we're going to follow the word of God, and we're not going to close, go to churches like that. If your pastor hasn't publicly come out, and if, you, if, you, if your church did close, and your, pub, and, your church, and your pastor hasn't come out and publicly said, I was wrong, they just kind of reopened, and now they're making excuses or just not talking about it, you're in the wrong church with the wrong pastor. Seriously, you need to go to a church that really believes the word of God. I won't go down this road too deep tonight, but listen, if you can't see the book of Revelation in this response to the corona pandemic, I put that in serious, deep, dark quotes, pandemic, if you can't see it unfolding before your eyes, you haven't been sitting under biblical teaching for a while. You need to see it. All right, starting here. Now I want to wish somebody a happy birthday tonight. I want to give a shout out to my man, JD. Happy 13th birthday. Thanks for always watching, brother. I love you. It was great meeting you guys and meeting your family. I love you guys. Come down as quick as you can. I'd love to see you again. God bless you. Seriously, JD, happy birthday. Love you, man. All right, from Breitbart, let's hop right into this tonight. A lot of you might be getting, don't let yourself get discouraged. You might be getting discouraged about the polls that you're seeing coming out right now. Just forget about all those things. Don't worry about the polls. I'm going to show you the polls that I pay attention to. First of all, it was prophesied that Trump's going to win this election. He's going to win it. Mark my words, he's going to win it in a 45 state minimum landslide. I'm telling you, I don't care what the polls say. Seriously. And that doesn't mean that I'm alleviating anybody who's watching this. Your butt had better be in there in that voting booth, voting in person. If you haven't already voted by mail or voted by absentee ballot, whatever it is, but your butt better be voting. Don't do not sit and whine and cry about the status of this country. If you yourself don't get off your butt and get to the voting booth and, uh, and vote. So here's an interesting poll that came out uh, from Breitbart on 10-9. of Americans, now I want you to know, that number, 56, is a world record. This has never happened before, this close to an election. Never. 56% of Americans say they're better off now than they were four years ago under Biden-Obama. 56% of Americans. America. That is an absolute world record. Where was it at with uh, with Barack Obama? 45%. George W. Bush, 47%. And yet you see all these polls 
alleging that Trump's going to lose. That is a that is never look at look how bad that is of a whooping on Barack Obama, an 11 point whooping on Barack Obama and a nearly 10 point whooping on never Trumper George W. Bush, the whole Bush family. Well, the big the Jeb and George W., they can all just collectively kiss my caboose. They're a bunch of never Trumping cowards. That's all they are. But you're seeing a lot of polls come out. NBC, you know, Fox, Rasmussen, CNN, Wall Street, Wall Street, CBS poll, whatever it may be. And they've all got Trump down by this amount of points. And it's not true, folks. And let me tell you about this very interesting poll here. You got the information. There's a lot to remember. So I got it written right here. This is a what's called the primary model, and this is from Helmut Norpoth. You may never have heard about it, but just write these write these words down. The primary model, Helmut Norpoth. You don't even have to spell it right. Don't worry, Google will figure it out for you. Or Duck Duck Go. That's why I use Duck Duck Go. The primary model by Helmut Norpoth has been correct twenty five out of the last twenty seven presidential elections 25 out of 27 the only one they were wrong on was 1960 which was kennedy nixon and gore bush in 2000 that's the only one they were wrong on the reason being is is they used what's called the primary model which they go by they use primary data and what how candidates did in their electoral primaries like was you know when uh, Biden's running against Kamala Harris in the primary. They use the primary data. Now, Trump absolutely destroyed everybody in the primary, of course, because he went uh, unopposed. Now, that plays into this. All right. The only reason why they were ever wrong is those particular primaries, 1960, and then 40 years later, they were wrong again in 2000. The only reason why they were wrong is because the primaries were very condensed and very close. They were not close this time at all. So basically, they're going to be right. The norm, the the Helmet Norpoth poll has Trump at a 91% chance of winning today. Now, here's the interesting stuff about it. This poll is done months in advance. Actually done, I mean, literally months and months ago. Like even as early as like January. It's done. It's it's done really early, and they never change. It never adapts. And all these other polls, if you notice, they change all the time. They change their formulas all the time. This poll establishes itself in January and never changes because it's gone off of primary data. It goes off of what happened in the primaries. So that, that's how this poll works. It gave, the last time, it was one of the very few polls that picked Trump to beat Hillary. It gave Trump an 87% chance of beating Hillary. It's giving Trump a 91% chance of beating Biden. It's not based on polls either. A lot of other polls actually use other polls to establish their polls. It doesn't do that. So let's look at some data here. Now, this is from the Democracy Institute under what's called Poll Watch. This is the data that I use. You can put up that first one for me. Now look at this. Pennsylvania new voter registration statistics. This is from 10-2. You see, this goes county by county. And it shows you who's been registering. Democrat. Here's the first Allegheny County. The GOP has been out registering the Democrats two to one. Next one, Erie County, 7,000 to 6,000. Lackawanna County, 1,746. New Republican registrations to 15 for the Democrats. Look at the next county. 
Luzerne County, 2,100 new registrations for the GOP, 560 for the Democratic Party. I didn't get, I missed the county when I cut the, when I made the screenshot on the last one. But the last county is 3,500 GOP registrations to 185 Democrats. So that, this is the information I look at. Next one. Poll Watch, Breaking Democracy Institute poll shows Trump leading nationally. You're not reading any of this, are you? Now this is, this is not, this is just from a couple days ago. This is from, these are real polls. All right, Democratic Inst- Democracy Institute poll shows Trump leading nationally in key battleground states and the Electoral College. National, 46-45 Trump, six battleground states. National means very little. The battleground states, Florida, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, Trump plus four. Trump's overall approval, 50%. Next slide. Two battleground, the uh, battleground states, Florida. This is from Poll Watch. Go to Poll Watch on Twitter if you want the real story. Don't go to NBC. Don't go to Rasmussen or Zogby. These are this. They are all politically driven. Even Fox. Hey, bring it back to me real quick, Aaron. Let me just tell you about Fox. Okay, I watch Tucker Carlson on Fox. I watch some Hannity on Fox. But Fox has Paul Ryan on their board now. Paul Ryan former Speaker of the House, a never-Trumper, married to a radical Democrat, has been pushing pushing Fox News to the center now for a long period of time. Fox cannot be trusted. Go to own One America News or go to Newsmax. If you want to watch a news-style program, I watch almost exclusively Newsmax, own, and Sky News. That is it. Sky News out of Australia. Sky News in Australia reports a thousand times better than any American news network that you probably have ever heard of. This isn't working over here, guys. So go to those. Go to those things. Go to Newsmax. Go to Twitter. If you want to know what the real polls are, go to Poll Watch. I need you, though, Aaron, to move these slides for me. All right, next, put that slide back up for me. It's got a little technical problem here. All right, two battleground states. Well, really, three. Florida, Trump is up 48 to 44. How many, how many of you have heard that? Minnesota, Trump is up 46, 44. Minnesota is in play, baby. Thank you, Ilhan Omar. Come on, Minnesota. Anybody watching from Minnesota? Come on and bring people to the polls with you. New Hampshire, Trump up 45, 43. He lost Minnesota and New Hampshire. He wins them over, over. Get that next slide for me. All right, here we go. Now, this is another Trafalgar poll, but this is off of Poll Watch. Battleground State conducted October 1st through the 3rd shows a Trump lead. Trump lead. Now, this is in Florida. Florida's absolutely essential. Look at Trump is up 47 to 43. Look at the look at the numbers on the bottom. Real easy. All right, next slide for me. Early voting out of Arizona. Again, I just keep saying the word to you. So you check the real. The real places of information, real valid information comes from Poll Watch. Early voting in Arizona. Vote by mail, total requested. One, look at that. Vote by mail, total requested. Almost 2 million ballots. Now who's requesting the most? Uh, the Republicans are. 39 to 36. Next slide. New Mexico. It's funny because I was just talking to my son the other day. I'm telling you, Trump is going to take states that nobody thought he'd take. He lost Arizona. 
He, he lost New Mexico. He's going to win them both. Watch. New Mexico voter registration update. GOP. November November 2016 to 9.30. A couple, basically a week ago. Who's who's registered the most voters? Look at it. GOP is registered in those, in those dates. 13,675 to 3,200 for the Dems. From 8.31 to 9.30. Basically in the last month. 8,000 new Republicans registered, 5,000 Democrats. It's in play. Next slide. Early voting in Wisconsin, vote by mail, total requested, 1,194,040% requested by the Republicans, 38% by the Democrats. You don't need much room in Wisconsin to, to, to win the state. Trump will win it, and he'll win it by two or three points. All right, next slide. My home state right here. Florida voter registration edge. Look now, I want you to see now what this does is chronicle the elections. These were all presidential elections. 08, 12, and 16. In, in 2008, when Hussein Obama won the election, Democrats edged. Now, this is voter registration. Democrats edged Republicans 694, 694,000. So they registered 694,147. Obama wins by 230. So they registered 694,000 more votes than the Republicans did. All right, now 2012, Democrat edge, 558,272. They had 558,000. I actually said it wrong in the first one. They had 558,000 more Democrats registered than Republicans. Obama wins again. So in 2008, they had 694,000 more Democrats than Republicans in the state of Florida. This year, that's been cut in half. I mean, well, no, 2016, it was cut in half. So Trump wins. Now, what do they have this year? They only have 136,000 more Democrats registered in the state of Florida than Republicans. What do you think will happen? Trump, with 330,000 more Democrats registered in the state of Florida then Republicans, Trump beat Hillary. Now there's only 130,000 130, more Democrats registered in the state of Florida than Republicans. What do you think is going to happen this year? Trump is going to win big in this state. He's going to win big. 13 polls. This is from Breitbart, 1010. 13 polls in October 2016 showed Hillary Clinton with a big lead over Donald Trump. Here's the names for you. PRR Brookings poll. They had Hillary beating Trump in October by 15 points. NBC Wall Street Journal poll had Hillary beating him by 11 points. AP poll had Hillary beating Trump by 14 points. Monmouth University had Hillary beating Trump by 12 points. ABC poll had Hillary beating Trump by 12 points. Atlantic PRRI poll had Hillary beating Trump by 11 points. St. Leo University had Hillary beating Trump by 11 points. USA Today, Hillary by 10 points. Uh, Survey USA, Boston Globe, Hillary by 10 points. CBS, by nine, Hillary by 9 points. Bloomberg, Hillary by 9 points. CNBC, Hillary by 9 points. Not going to happen, folks. Go to Poll Watch. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, everybody, like and share this video. Let's get as many people on as we can. I know that the president is on with Tucker tonight. At some point, he might already be off. So I'm hoping, I'm actually hoping that he is. So people are watching us. So here we go. All right, from Gateway Pundit. A lot of us were hearing about this whole alleged, and I put that A word out there, alleged 
kidnap scheme to kidnap and possibly kill Governor Gretchen Whitmer from the state of Michigan. One of the most draconian, totalitarian Stalinists in the history of gubernatorial politics in American history. Absolutely one of the worst governors ever. So anyway, there's been a couple different suspects now. This was allegedly, she was, there was a plot by white militia and Gretchen Whitmer comes out and bashes Trump using the Proud Boys. And the Proud Boys, by the way, are led by a very dark-skinned Latino male. So how racist are the Proud Boys? I don't think they're racist at all. There's a couple people that drift in and out of there that probably are, just like there's racists that drift in in and out of various different organizations around the globe. So anyway, so allegedly, according to Gretchen Whitmer, Trump stirred up this violence that caused this white militia to come after her and attempt to kid, or well, they didn't attempt to kidnap her. They were plotting. And these, by the way, this plot is very suspicious about how real it actually is. It sounds like a bunch of twelve-year-old boys playing in the woods is about what it sounds like. But so far, they're zero for three in the suspects that would have been stirred up by President Trump and that are right-wing white militia types. So. Uh, Delaware Governor John Carney, you put up that picture for me, last year signed the pardon of one of the men accused this week of plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The Delaware News Journal first reported Carney in April of 2019 signed off on the pardon of Barry Gordon Croft Jr., who faced a series of charges in Delaware during the mid-90s, including possession of a firearm, during the commission of a felony, assault, and burglary. So, a Democratic governor. Wasn't Trump, was it there, Gretchy? Wasn't Trump, was it, Gretchy? A Democratic governor pardoned the, one of the suspects. There's six suspects. Know, there might be 13. I can't remember which, but they really talked. It seems it was focused on six. Next up, one of the alleged plotters, 23-year-old Daniel Harris, attended... A Black Lives Matter protest in June. <laughs> See, these this is the white militia now, right? This is the Trump. He's a, he's attending a Black Lives Matter protest in June, telling the Oakland County Times he was upset about the killing of George Floyd and police violence. Oh, this is this is who Trump stirred up, huh, Gretchy? So we're 0 for 2. And now for the one that we discussed on Thursday. It turns out Brandon Caserta, one of the anarchists, who was arrested for plotting to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, actually hates Trump and is on a video calling Trump a tyrant. There he is. Notice the anarchy poster behind him. Doesn't look like much of a Trump supporter, does he? So, so far in this investigation of alleged Trump stirred up white militia, Gretchen is 0 for 3. Let's see how it goes with the rest of them, however many there are. From the Gateway Pundit 10-8, the FBI announced on Thursday... During, this is the FBI on their thwarted uh, plot. So the FBI is, of course, involved in the investigation of this. And we'll see now, this is the same FBI that found out early on that, you know, this is all coming out. I hope I have time to get into it tonight. But in case I don't, I'll just give you a little bit of a, a precursor to it. The FBI found out very early on, this just came out, as you had John Brennan, the head of the CIA, meet with President Trump. 
And he told President Trump that they had intel information that the Russians knew that Hillary Clinton was planning on putting together a dossier, a grouping of information alleging that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians in order to cover up her email controversy. So, in other words, Brendan tells Barack Obama that Hillary Clinton, that the Russians know that Hillary Clinton is going to say that the Russians are colluding with Donald Trump. And Hillary's going to say that, and Hillary knows that it's false. So what did they do? Now, Hillary's making it up, so obviously she knows it's false. So what does the FBI do? The FBI investigates Donald Trump. You see? So I don't know how much I trust the FBI. Put up the RHB tweet for me. I think Rodney Howard Brown sums it up just perfect. From the bottom, FBI claims it foiled plot to kidnap Michigan Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer and RHB writes, now foil the plot against 45. Go. He's correct. The plot against 45 was what I just said. Hillary Clinton decided to put together via Perkins Cooey. She hires her law firm named Perkins Cooey, who then hires Fusion GPS, who hires Christopher Steele. And they put together the Steele dossier, which is alleging that Trump was colluded with the Russians. Not 90% of what Christopher Steele put in the dossier, he got from the internet. There's absolutely nothing to it. See, what they do, what the, how the Democrats work is, is they'll send somebody to you. Say, say the Democrats were working a bank robbery. What they would do is they'd go up to you and they'd say, hey, do you go to um, you know, Citibank? And you go, yeah, I go to Citibank. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. How, well, they, how often do you go? Uh, two, three times a week. Okay, thank you. And then this person just walks away. Next thing you know, you're charged with the bank robbery because they started investigating you because you said that you go to the bank two, three times a week. And they said they, that gave them a requisite to investigate you, even though they're the ones who had you say the information. They're the ones who came up and asked you the question, just like they did with the, with the Australian ambassador to George Papadopoulos. I know a lot of you don't know this. You need to know it, and I'll get to it. I haven't been able to get to it because of COVID-19. But the bottom line is, is the FBI knew there was Russian intel that they, the FBI knew via the CIA that there was Russian intel saying that Hillary Clinton was going to allege that Russians were colluding with Trump. And that it was all false. They had that. And they chose to investigate Trump. They knew it was all false. They knew that Hillary was making it up. And that the Russians knew that Hillary was making it up. And that the Russians were talking about it. And then they go investigate Trump. That's how it is. Uh, Just in from the Gateway Pundit. President Trump's physician clears him for public engagements starting Saturday. So Trump is back on the road starting today at some point today. But he I don't know if he was really kind of out and about too much, but he's out. I mean, he's out and about, he's ready to go. He's been cleared for today. So we're going to see a lot more of the president back out. And that's true leadership right there. Not laying around, not hiding in your basement like Joe Biden. And speaking of that, we have gateway pundit big day. Here's the title of their article. Big day for China. Joe campaign, Joe and Kamala get eight supporters at their big Arizona rally. There's the pick of it. And this picture right here, just leave that one up for a second is actually perfect. It depicts the Democratic Party's vision for America, does it not? Look at the vision. You see Joe there. You know, of course, they, they choose to, to, they would never take a picture in front of anything having to do with law enforcement or our military because they lose 75% of their voting base. 
because you can't lose Antifa or Black Lives Matter. So they take a picture, of course, in front of a Native American. It's very safe to take a picture in front of a Native American statue. But this is this depicts the vision for the Democratic Party for America right there. Masked, distanced, and control. Remember, masked, distanced, and control. If that's what you like, then vote for Joe Biden. Simple as that. Also, there, here's their other picture. This is also in Arizona. These are their two campaign events. Battle for the soul of the nation. And there's Joe Biden with I don't know how many. Look at the Everywhere you go, by the way, just pull up his events. Everywhere you go, you will see all of his supporters with chairs with circles around them. Everywhere he goes, it's exactly like that. He went to Gettysburg recently, and everybody was circled in a chair. If you want to be masked, distanced, and controlled, vote for Joe Biden. It really is that easy. And here's the thing. There's some big stakes with this. And I know a lot of you probably think, you know, there's there's just a, there's a lot of people that their mindset is, oh, you know what? It's, you know, it's just another election. It's just another, you know, it, it, politics, politics really don't affect me. You know, if Biden wins and we'll make it through it. Now, listen, I'm telling you right now, our country is on the line. Trump's going to win. I'm just, but our country is on the line. It's imperative, absolutely imperative that Trump wins. And see, a lot of you think that Democrats are like you, but they're just liberal. They're not like you. See, you never, are you ever looking to take down a Democrat's page? See, like you'll never hear me. You'll never see me put a Facebook post on, on, uh, you know, fire Nancy Pelosi or impeach Pelosi. I, I don't want her impeached. I want her defeated in voting. I want her, if she's not defeated by her, by she, her districts in San Francisco, good luck her ever being defeated. I just want her to be absolutely just made, you know, she has absolutely no voice. Just made it to where she's has no ability to control anything on Capitol Hill. That's what I want. I want her defeated. I don't want her, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, uh, to her to be impeached. I don't want her removed or any of that stuff. I want her defeated. I never want to take people off the air. We as conservatives never do. We don't cancel people. If, if a conservative ran Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, we wouldn't be demonetizing people. We never have. We have no history of doing that whatsoever. The only people who have a history of controlling the media are progressive liberals, not, not libertarians and not classic liberals. Classic liberals back in the 60s were people who are like, you know what? I want to get my, my dope and let me go smoke it. Leave me alone. Live, let live. You do what you want. I'll do what I want. And that's how they were more libertarian than liberal. Now the Democratic Party are liberal progressive Stalinists. They're not interested in just winning an election. They want you prosecuted. Don't Make no mistake about this. The video I'm about to show you from Keith Oberman, he's not the only one talking like this. I saw a tweet the other day from a prominent Democrat who basically wants re-education camps for people like you and me. That's how they are. See, that's, that's a true Stalinist. They don't want, they, they basically want, because they think they're always going to be on the winning end of it. If you look how China does the, the Uyghur Muslims, they're just, they're, Probably killing them. I don't know how much that's been confirmed yet. They are sterilizing them. They are taking them off to re-education camps and trains, blindfolded and handcuffed behind their back by the thousands. See, Democrats always think they'll be on the winning end of that. Well, that's what everybody thought 
under Mao. That's what everybody thought under Stalin. That's what everybody thought under Hitler. And they killed most of the people that supported them on the way up. That's how it works in Stalinist progressive socialist, you know, ideologies and, and governments. That's how it really works. They always think that it's never going to come for them. Like, you know, Oprah Winfrey right now. She thinks it'll never come for her. LeBron James. You know, while they tell you to go under socialized medicine, they think they're still going to be able to go to Cedars-Sinai, get all the help they ever need. They'll still have their chauffeurs, their catered meals, their millions of dollars worth of mansions and homes, right? But if it truly goes the Stalinist socialist way that they're advocating, they actually lose all that. They don't know it. They're too stupid. They don't see two inches in front of their face. But eventually, what they vote for will turn on them. So here's Keith Overman. Listen to what he says. And you will see they are way different than you and I are. Play it for me. Trump can be and must be expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it, means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will only begin that day. All right, back to me. So he's saying that me and you, Trump supporters, need to be prosecuted and convicted, never names a crime. Calls us maggots. I bet you he'll be taken down, right? Like I was taken down for a couple weeks off of Facebook. I'm sure that Keith Overman will be taken down, right? You have to purge the world of the maggots. Right, I'm sure that he'll be taken down by the tech tyrants, right? For saying those things. Now, but that, that's how they really think. Now, where, where, where do you ever hear a conservative talk like that? What, I don't want anybody in the Democratic Party prosecuted, except if they committed an actual crime. If they actually set up the president and launched a false investigation. If they lied to the FISA court. You know, that's the other thing, too. After the FBI launched that investigation based on a fault, completely false, verified false dossier, they didn't just go and investigate and call in witnesses. They filed four FISA warrants. That's the Foreign, the, the foreign Intel Surveillance Court. They filed four of them, knowing that what they were filing those on was based on a false dossier. They knew that going in. Those people need to be prosecuted because that's actually a crime. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't even want Keith Overman taken down. I don't want him taken down. Let it, listen, I'm on parlor. I'm going to be on rumble soon. Cause they're both owned and operated more on a libertarian basis. I, I welcome them on rumble. I welcome them on parlor. I welcome them on Facebook. I welcome them on YouTube that they can say whatever they want. You can have a, you know, a whole channel based on making fun of me. I don't care. 
You can have a channel that hates God. I still won't try to get you have freedom of speech. Do what you want, but that's not how they feel. And I've told you guys this for months. They will lock you up. They will put you in prison. They don't care. You look at what's happening to the McCloskey's right now in St. Louis. They did absolutely nothing but stand in their front yard with guns in their hands while people broke down their fence, were trespassing on their property, vandalizing their property, threatened to kill them, threatened to to burn their house down, threatened to kill their dog, and they stood there with guns. And they're the only ones who have received charges so far that I'm aware of. I heard maybe that some of the trespassers might be charged. I don't know. I don't know. We put up that next one. We'll launch into COVID now for a little bit. I, the, the mask is the perfect symbolism of I want medical tyranny. Absolutely the perfect symbol for it. I will say this, and if you guys can dredge up a picture for me or a couple pictures from the from our pro, Trump uh, rally today, that'd be great. But I will say this, I, you know, you gotta you gotta say that you gotta give the uh, uh, positive with the negative or the negative with the positive, whichever way it goes. Today is that from today? Oh, perfect. Put that up there. There we are. We're on the street corner today. Doing a lot with we had upwards at the height, about 65 people there on the corner of Jacaranda and 41 in Venice. You can bring it back to me. But on the I will say this that as we were doing this, I was looking at every, you know, I probably got about, I don't know, 20 middle fingers and five five hundred horn sounds today in favor of what we were doing. So it was good. But I looked at all the drivers that were going by, and I will say this, because the last one we did, when was our last rally on the corner? What was it? Three weeks ago. About three weeks ago, we did our we did a, rally, a no-mask rally on the same corner, and there were a lot of people. I mean, I don't want to put necessarily put a percentage on it. 50 to 60% of the people driving by were masked. Today, I'd say somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% or less were masked. So good news. Maybe America is you know, is waking up and that's a good thing. But if you look at that, you know, the, what the response to COVID and it is, it's not over. It's still, there's lots of people that are suffering from it. And this was a recent video from Glenn Beck. And I want to put this out here first, just so you know, you've probably, you've already heard it on this podcast a couple of times, but 40 to 50% of American businesses are closed because of our COVID response. It's a miracle that President Trump has us at 7.9% unemployment right now. Barack Obama's best was 7.6, just throwing that out there. But these clo- these businesses are closed permanently. They're not waiting to reopen. They're gone. They're closed. Everybody, they're closed. They're, they're gone for forever. And I, again, this is something that I said on Thursday. I'm wondering where all the compassion is from the pastor loves out there that we're like, you know, we're going to be a community partner and we're going to be a good neighbor and all the idiots out there that say things like, you know, us wearing a mask is, how are you not wearing a mask? I thought you as a, as a Christian were supposed to love thy neighbor. How do I love my neighbor by strapping on a lie, strapping on a bold faced lie that it's just a virtue signaling lie of alleged compassion for humanity. When a mask does absolutely nothing it was stated by the CDC at the beginning of this. Robert Redfield said, don't wear a mask. Fauci said, don't wear a mask at the beginning. And suddenly the science has changed. Although the particle size of COVID-19 hasn't changed one iota. But it was a draconian response and it's cost us 40 to 50% of businesses. For those of you, like my son brought this up today. We're kind of Pizza Hut fans in our house. And the Pizza Hut right here in Inglewood, Florida is closed. 
The other one close to her is the other one at Tommy that close. No, he's not listening. He's got headphones in. <laughs> but there's another one. I think the only one left is there, there's two out of three in the three different towns, Northport, Venice, and Inglewood. There's only one left. They coming back, you know, and for some people, I guess it never, it, it never has touched them yet. And if you notice that all the pastors that closed their churches haven't lost their jobs. Do you notice that all, all, all of you that still support those pastors that closed their churches for months. Have you noticed that they never lost their job? Well, you know what? They had food pantries where you could drive by. You couldn't get close to anybody because you had to wear a mask and stay social distance. You drive by and pop your trunk and they put groceries in your back, in the, in the back of your car. They're giving hungry. They're giving food to the hungry that they caused. They caused them to be hungry to begin with. You're like, Tom, did the church itself? No, but the church is supposed to lead the way. The church should have stood up. Yes, there should have been some of us being arrested. Tony Spell was arrested in Louisiana. Rodney Howard Brown was arrested in Tampa. You stand up. Let's see who else was arrested. Jesus was arrested. John was arrested. Peter was arrested. Paul was arrested. Stephen was arrested. And what does the modern day church do? The modern day church, if you would have supplant them and put them in biblical times, would have stopped preaching the gospel. Because they have, listen, all these pastor loves out there. That right now are preaching, well, you know what, I'm staying out of politics. I'm preaching Jesus only. They've never preached Jesus or they haven't preached Jesus recently at all because Jesus is the Bible. So I'm just wondering, where are all these pastor loves for these 40 to 50% of businesses that are closed for forever? And I just, Glenn Beck goes through, I'm going to play three different clips from this. Glenn Beck goes through this one business that closed, the guy basically documenting how his business closed over this COVID response, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Play the first one for me. From the Washington Post, letter to the editor. I grew up inside this restaurant, and now my wife's helping out in the dining room. My daughter's working at the hostess stand. It's a family place, four generations and counting. I know every inch of pipe and wire that have, is running through this building. I've been the plumber, the busboy, the handyman, the butcher, the bartender, the prep cook, the manager. I've done every job there is in this restaurant. And now I'm the one who has to shut us down. It kills me. My wife and I were supposed to be getting ready to celebrate our 60th anniversary, the 60th anniversary of our restaurant this year. But instead, we're... We're packing up and closing at the end of this month. All right, back to me. I'll find another. All right, so get the next one ready. So 60 years, they're open. Now, this is not an old video. This video was shot about a week ago. This is not over, folks. People are still losing their businesses every day. And I listen, you're always like, and again, I'll reiterate this to you. This is how I pick on people. Because judgment begins where? First Peter chapter four, verse 17, judgment begins at the house of God. So it goes Christians, Christian conservatives, conservatives, tweeners, and on down the line. I don't expect liberals to get anything out of this podcast. I hope they do like, and share it to everybody. I hope some way we, somehow we break through if they're open-minded, they'll get something out of it. So this is not an old video. This is somebody who's 60 years own this. And this, he chronicles what happened to him as he had to respond to the COVID outbreak. Play the next one for me. We redid our carryout menu and cut the prices down and teamed up with DoorDash and Grubhub. 
We created theme menus for Mother's Day and Easter. We delivered charity meals out to the hospitals, opened up a crab trailer out front so we could sell by the bushel. We were spending $800 a week on carry-out containers, and there is no profit in it. You lose out on booze. You don't get the same tips. We kept hanging on through March, then April, then May. But our revenue is down more than 80%. We had to lay off 75 people. That's 75 people dealing with unemployment and financial hardships, and not because a virus made any of them sick. When the state opened up for outdoor dining, I ran out to every Costco in the area, bought any picnic table I could find. We got 20 for $150 a piece. We roped off the parking lot and put out buckets of cold beer. We tried to make it look nice, but it's summer in Baltimore. It's 90-some degrees outside, and you're selling cream of crab soup to people who are sweating on the asphalt? Nobody came. Why would they come? We stood out there for nine hours each and every day, and we waited. We got more creative. We kept on trying. We opened up at a 50% capacity, had live music-themed dinners, mystery nights, a meal with a psychic. We reinvented this restaurant a dozen times, and none of it worked. And what support did we get? More rules, more restrictions, more regulations, more mandates and curfews. We had to close at 10 p.m. because I guess maybe COVID comes out at 10.01. Except apparently, they didn't have to do that at the casino down the road because they have political leverage. They get to stay open as long as they want. You can sit at our bar and have a drink, but you can't get up and mingle because that's considered a health violation. So now I'm trying to serve you and police you at the same time. Hey, thanks for coming. We really need your business. Now put on your mask or sit the hell back down. I have to buy disinfectants, individual ketchup, paper menus, personal salt and pepper shakers, or anything else that I might get fined if I don't have. My employees have to wear their masks all the time, even when they're alone in an office. But meanwhile, we have a group of 40 people in the dining room with no masks on, and that's deemed safe because they're drinking water? None of this makes sense. Had a customer coming. All right, so there we have it so far. So he's back. He's somewhere now. We have in the summer months in this restaurant of 60 years. 60 years. Where are you at, Pastor Love? Where are you at, compassionate, virtue-signaling, mask-wearing Christians? Where are you at for this guy? 60 years. 60 years running a business. It started with his grandfather's father, now him, and now they've got to close for what? For what? A 99.9% survival rate. And pastors of churches, pastors of churches think that they're being a community partner and a good neighbor by closing your churches down? You really think that? You should have led the way. You should have said no to this. That would have been loving to this man. If you would have stood up, then this guy would have kept his business because the church leads the way. You're like, no, we don't lead the way. The only reason why you don't lead the way is you've conceded your leadership. You've decided you don't want to lead. You have the power of allegedly have the power of the Holy Spirit and you can't bind a 99.9% survivable virus. And look at what happens to our country. 
And you don't see the satanic deception in all of this? You basically have no chance of dying of this virus unless you're plus 70 with comorbidities and everything has to close and you think you're righteous? You think you're righteous. Now what you are is a capitulating, collaborating coward who's getting your CARES Act money to keep, that's why the pastors never lost their jobs. Play the next clip for me. It became another anti-Trump thing in the press. The impeachment didn't work. The killer bees didn't work. So let's blow COVID out of proportion and see if it hurts him. But it's the rest of us that got hurt. It was the day after day of failure. It's a slow and painful death. We went to see our accountant at the end of summer. He looked over at the numbers. He didn't say much. That's not like him. I said to him, what would you do? He said, the way things are going, you'll have nothing left to lose in just a couple of months. We made our decision right then and there. It wasn't really much to discuss. Our last day is September 30th, and then we're done. This is happening all over America. Back to me. People. That was not an old video. That was shot in September. And again, Pastor Love. Pastor only preaching Jesus, right? Didn't have enough guts. You just opened up sometime in July and you're still taking temperatures. You're still social distancing. You're still opening safely. For what? For what? Here's the CDC numbers. You're going to wake up. Are you going to publicly repent? You won't because pride goes before destruction. You won't do it. It might cost you your church too. You already know the anointing is off of you. You know it is. That's why you have to have constant gimmetry to try to keep your church lively. Why did you close your church? Zero. Here's, here's the CDC numbers, which these are slanted. This is the best they could do to fulfill their narrative, to justify their narrative, to validate their narrative. This is the best they could do. Zero to 19 survival rate for COVID-19. You caught it. Zero to 19. Now what's your odds of surviving it? 99.997. 20 to 49. 99.98. 50 to 69. 99.5. And you're loving? You're loving? No, it's called cowardice. You are afraid of losing people in your church. Now you're going to lose more. Watch. 40 to 50% of American businesses are closed. And I blame the church first. Judgment begins at the house of the Lord. That's why I'm telling you, these radical times call for radical actions. And some of those things you need to drive. No, you know, that church, you know, they closed, but you know, they're reopening. We got to bring our own lawn chair and clump together and stay 15 feet apart from anybody who doesn't live in our house. But you know what? They're close to us. So it's convenient. No, what you're doing is absolutely supporting heresy. You're supporting cowardice. There, this, if you closed, you supported a lie. I just read to you the survival rates. Basically anybody from zero to 70 
has a 99.5 or higher chance of surviving. 99.997 for people that are 0 to 19. 99.98 from anybody under 50. I mean, come on. Well, we're doing it to save lives. People can stay home if they want. It's America. Look at this. Red, white, and blue, man. Speaking of COVID tyrants, here we go. Gretchen Whitmer again. Whitmer's, this is from The Blaze, 10-5. Whitmer's coronavirus restrictions will no longer be enforced through criminal prosecution. Her own attorney general has turned on her lockdown orders. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel will no longer enforce Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer's executive orders on the coronavirus after the state Supreme Court ruled the emergency orders seized uh, by Whitmer were unconstitutional. Uh, No kidding. No, you were always allowed to meet. Whoever, who who took, let me, how do you, how do you, how do you change the constitution? You, You have to have an amendment. Who, who changed it? You had your First Amendment. You had your Fourth Amendment. You had your Fourteenth Amendment, which keep, which enable you to assemble, to speak freely, and to not wear a mask. So explain to me why, how it is that these were ever considered to be constitution, constitutional. Why any church ever closed? Why? Now her own Attorney General, because she lost. Now this was on. I did these in order. This was on October fifth. Her attorney general, she Whitmer lost in the in the state Supreme Court, saying that her uh, coronavirus lockdown orders were unconstitutional. No kidding. Everybody's winning those suits, by the way. Everybody's winning because it's all you got to do is say first, fourth, and fourteenth amendment, and you win. I should be everybody's attorney. I can make millions of dollars. I go in there. Oh, you know. Oh, judge. Here's why everybody was allowed to stay open and not wear a mask. First. Fourth, 14th Amendment. You win. That'll be it. I should be an attorney. Instead of just a retired dumb cop, right? But that was on the that was on October 5th. AG says that the Attorney General in Michigan will no longer enforce Gretchen Whitmer's coronavirus executive orders that she uses under her emergency powers have now been deemed unconstitutional. 10-5. So now 10-6 the next day. Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Director. Oh, now you just go with the health department. You just bypass legislative government. Well, this sounds familiar. Oh, it sounds like a third world country. There you go. You can name yourself anything in a third world country. I can move to a third world country right now and call myself General Tom. Have we put together one of those fake Castro uniforms? Or Gaddafi. Remember Gaddafi and his fake uniforms? You can do that third world. Well, Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Director Robert Gordon on Monday issued an emergency order. Everybody thinks it's over, right? Do you realize that there are many, many states that are completely locked down still? You wonder why we have a 7.9% unemployment rate? Which again, Barack Obama's best ever without it ever with without a fake COVID hoax response was 7.6. Why, why we still have a 7.9% unemployment? Well, because Illinois is locked down. Michigan's locked down. California's locked down. Oregon's locked down. Maine's locked down. Massachusetts is locked down. Oregon, was, uh, Washington, locked down. I'm sure I'm missing some. 
Like, I mean, with, with Ralph Northam, North Carolina locked down, Virginia locked down. Think it's over? We're, listen, we're 202 days in. 202 days in to 15 days to flatten the curve. And you Christians can't see this? How do you not see the evil in this? And if you do see it, why haven't you repented? You don't need to come apologize to anybody or apologize to me if you came to my church. I don't care. You don't ever have to come back. But you ought to at least come to your senses. But all, all that had to happen was, you know what? Here, the Constitution says she can't do it. Well, I'll go to my health director then. And he issues another emergency order. Under a 1978 law restricting gathering sizes, requiring face coverings in public spaces, and enacting limitations on bars. The order is effective immediately and remains in effect through October 30th. The order doesn't lean on the rule Governor Whitmer has issued has used to issue emergency orders that the Michigan State Supreme Court invalidated. So they just go to a different set of rules. When it comes to fighting COVID-19, we are all in this together. I'm so sick of hearing that Whitmer's not lost her job. Remember the Glenn Beck video? She's going to lose her job. She's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. She's already a millionaire. She's not losing her job. We're all in this together. We need Michiganders, she says, everywhere to do their part by wearing masks and practicing safe physical distance. Why? Let's let's look at Michigan stats. Why exactly? Well, again, 0 to 19, 99.97, 997 survival rate. 20 to 49, 99.98. This is post-infection survival rate. Why exactly do you need? Well, let's look at the uh, Michigan stats, shall we? In Michigan, you have a 0.06% chance of dying of COVID to date. Six one hundred, six one hundredths of 1% chance of dying of COVID. And we're all in this together. So you need to wear a mask, practice safe social distancing so we can keep our schools and businesses open. And protect the brave men and women serving on the front lines. Listen, do you know who got laid off the most during the COVID crisis? This makes no sense to most people, but it's absolute ready facts. Doctors, nurses, and hospital workers were the most laid off. Because they never needed them. There was never this big surge and they closed down every other medical procedure. That's why it's been estimated by numerous sources. There'll be way more deaths caused by the response than the virus itself because people aren't getting cancer screens people don't get their heart checked people don't go in because they're scared of a disease that can't kill them you're like tom people have died of COVID. people die of everything everything all the time it's a flu season i've said it from day one i've said it since february the, the epidemic order that, that Director Gordon issued today, Gretchen Whitmer talking, is an important step to protect Michiganders against the state from the spread of COVID-19. 0.06% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Michigan. The order includes requirements to wear masks. She's just been outlawed by her own Supreme Court. The state attorney general says that he will or she will not enforce any any COVID laws. And now she does it anyway. What does this sound like? It sounds like a lawless third world dictator, does it not? 
Her order includes requires businesses and gover- government offices to enforce these requirements for gatherings on their premises. The order also requires the wearing of masks at schools. The order reinstates limitations on gathering sizes. In venues with fixed seating, limited attendance to 20% normal capacity. However, gatherings up to 25% of normal capacity are permitted in Michigan Economic Recovering Council Region, Council Region 6, whatever that means. In venues without fixed seating, it goes on. I mean, look, this is America, and they're talking about how many people commit, can, can meet in, in a certain area dependent on fixed seating. This is America. It truly is, it really is unbelievable. From the Bongino Report, here's the headline. Michigan governor sidesteps legislative process again with new COVID restrictions. She got outlawed by her Supreme Court. The uh, the attorney general of the state of Michigan says, I will no longer enforce COVID laws with criminal penalties. And what does she do? She issues them again and adds on to it using her state health director. Michigan, what are you doing with this woman? Listen, again, I don't want harm to anybody. Got that Facebook? I don't want harm to anybody. I don't want harm to anybody. Vote her out. Vote her. Get get a recall election and vote that dingbat out of the state house for forever. Have her and her husband who wanted to go get his boat during the lockdowns and then go out boating for life. Here's a good one. These people don't believe what they say. They don't believe in it. You, you really think Joe Biden's scared of COVID? Do you really think he is? Do you think he's scared of COVID? This is, from, this is a Steve Guest tweet. And he writes, you can't make this up. Joe Biden just removed his mask to cough in his hand. In his hand. Talk about insanity. Play it for me. Deal. <coughs> the kinds of investment that will stimulate. Play it again for me, bro. Deal. <coughs> the kinds of investment that will stimulate coughs in his hand. <laughs> Which, hey, you know what? I've got I, he should. I have no problem with that because I'm not a hypocrite doing it. I'll cough my hand right now. <coughs> no problem. Don't care. I'm not a hypocrite. I, I don't. I don't espouse mask virtue. He does. Coughs in his hand. He's already got it drifting below his nose. Everywhere he goes, he never stops fiddling with it the whole time, which is what Fauci said at the very beginning of this is one of the hazards of telling people to wear masks all the time is they never stop fiddling with it. Joe Biden can never leave it alone. This is from Fox News 10.9. This is a Bob Dole tweet. Oh, yeah. But yeah, thank you. Bob Dole tweet. Besides Fox News, different thing. He says the commission on presidential debates is supposedly bipartisan with an equal number of Republicans and Democrats. I know all the Republicans and most are friends of mine. I am concerned that none of them support real Donald Trump. A biased debate commission is unfair. Now the Fox News report, the commission on presidential debates has canceled the debate planned for next Thursday after one day earlier announcing the debate would be virtual. So, you know, the commission on presidential debates, the CPD is what they're called. It's not like some sort of convoluted police department. The CPD Commission on Presidential Debates is dominated by never it, it's it's not dominated. It's solely run. All the positions on it are filled, totally populated, 
with never Trump Republicans and hardcore liberals. That's all they're on. They canceled the debate. Why? They don't have a, really have a right. They've all agreed to it. Trump will be COVID free by the 14th or 15th. I can't remember whether it was 14th or 15th. Trump will be past his 10 day COVID policy rule that you have to tell, you know, that COVID runs through your system. Trump's fine now. I would, I would bet right now that he t- he's, he's testing, told, I bet he's testing COVID free right now. That's why he got released today. I'll bet you. But they, they went ahead and canceled it. Why? Trump said it to protect Joe Biden. And just to give you some background on it, let's look at this. This is from the Gateway Pundit on 10-8. The next debate moderator was supposed to be, though now it's not happening. His name is Steve Scully. Well, let's look at this. Here's one of his tweets. And he says in this tweet right here, Stan, this is the debate moderator, the person who's supposed to moderate impartially the debate. Steve Scully, he writes on this tweet with this picture, gotta love the vice president at Biden Beach Bash 16. It's hard to say. It's almost like Biden's convoluted build back better. Biden Beach Bash 16. There he is. That's the debate moderator. Find any pictures of these moderators like that with Donald Trump. And then there was a second tweet by Scully. You can put that up for me. And he writes this. This is 114. PM on June 4th, 2016 from the U S Naval observatory, Biden beach bash 16, taking pictures, probably with his grandchild or something there. Now there's a nice moderate neutral moderator, right? That's what the, that's what the debate commission had planned. And by the way, the next one, I think it's on October 22nd. Who's, who's the moderator there? Somebody from NBC who's on the Trump staff. I mean, come on, who's on the Trump staff? All they do the whole time, they, they give these long narrative questions towards Trump that take like a half an hour to get out their questions. You know, President Trump, this is, this is addressed to you. We all know that you're a horrible person and that you colluded with the Russians and have done a horrible job with COVID. But what do you think about that? And then to the Democrat, they go, hey, Kamala, we know that you're a loving person. So what do you think about the sky color? That's what they do every time. Did you notice Chris Wallace? Did you notice the last lady who did way better than Chris Wallace, but she was still heavily stunted towards Democrats. The last lady is the current, right? The last lady, I can't remember her name. From the last debate, she's currently writing Nancy Pelosi's latest book. That's the moderator. Does everybody see how we, we live in the twilight zone? dominated by people who aren't even the majority. Why are we letting this happen? Why is the Trump team letting this happen? What you should do is just have a liberal moderator and a stone cold conservative moderator. Literally have Tucker and Rachel Maddow. And each one of them crossfire ask questions. Susan Page was the last moderator. You're awesome, Aaron. Thank you. Susan Page was the last moderator for the uh, Pence Kamala Harris debate. She's currently writing a book for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, come on. What are we, what are we doing here? I mean, what's the Trump, what's the Trump campaign doing? Don't let you, you have the right to go. You know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in a debate. Give me one conservative and one liberal. The conser- and they can rotate who they ask questions to, but these are totally unfair. Completely and totally unfair. All right, back to some good news. I lost this thing, guys. Can you fix this for me again? It just needs the uh, 
passcode put in it. Sorry, I'm trying to monitor with my iPad over here. This is from Rogan O'Hanley. Great. This is back to the good news. He writes, did you see this? Thousands of Americans of all races marching to back the blue in D.C. Good news. We got to cover the good news, too. At the plaza, there is a major shift happening in our country. The media doesn't want you to see the racial unity. Who's Who are they unified under? Back to blue. Who are they unified under? Conservatism. You know why? Black people ought to all run to conservatism. We want you all to live. Oh, no, you support back to blue and they kill, they kill 200 uh, black people a year. The police kill 200 black people a year. They kill 600 white people a year. I do. I'm gonna see if I got my. Do I have my abortion stats here with me tonight? Yeah. Planned Parenthood kills 247 black people a day. Facts. Number one killer in America is basically the uh, black people is Democratic sponsored Margaret Singer Planned Parenthood abortions. Absolute fact. We want all black people to live. I want everybody to live. Well, you know, the Republicans, they hate kids at the border. They got kids in cages. Oh, you mean the cages Obama built and put kids in prior to Trump ever sniffing the presidency? Remember that? At least I want everybody to live. Yeah, I want people separated at the border. I'm not ashamed to say it because most of those kids are being brought across the border by parental shills that are hired by coyotes. They're not even their parents. That's most, that's the case most of the time. Democrats just are too stupid to look two inches in front of their face to see these kids are raped and molested. They need to be separated by the, from the people that brought them up because they're oftentimes they're rapists and molesters. But the Democrats don't care. They can score political points on Trump. They don't care. They don't care about the black community. They've eliminated more of the black. Margaret Sanger was a eugenist. She wanted to kill. She's on the record. Hillary Clinton says, I admired her greatly. Margaret Sanger is on the record saying she wanted to eliminate the black population. Come on, African-American people. Come on. Who wants you to live? Us. That's why smart white people, smart black people, smart, smart Hispanic people unify under the conservative platform. We want everybody to live. Everybody to have their God-given rights. Everybody. Play that video for me. Back to blue, baby. That is no small crowd, ladies and gentlemen. Those hats make America great, everybody. That's all Trump hats, too. My wife probably recognizes that. She's from D.C. Marching in D.C. Notice the difference too between that and a Biden supporting rally. You know, you got another one for me from the from the rally, or is that it? This is this is everybody actually walking to the rally together. Look at the difference. Everybody happy. Black people, white people, some people with masks, some people not with masks. Get your stupid masks off. I'm never going to compromise. So I put together, here's Biden supporters for you. This is how Biden supporters act all the time. That's the uh, one from New York City. Here's Biden supporters. Let's go. There we go. 
A little difference, is there not? These are people who don't back the blue. This is downtown Manhattan, by the way. This is in New York City. And uh, there's your Biden supporters. Yeah, you go going shopping. Yeah. There you go. Well, I got myself some new gear. Funny, on, with their shopping sprees, they have to sprint away. That's always interesting. Whenever I go shopping, I have a tendency to walk away. And uh, I don't leave my stuff on the street and sprint away. I, don't have a, I also don't have a tendency to unhinge, unhook, whatever it is, metal casings outside of stores and go in and loot a computer store. This, however, this was back... Uh, and I also, after I get done shopping, don't get chased by police with clubs and tasers, you know. And by the way, you can bring it back to me. This was all ignored by Biden and Harris until late September when it became noticeable in the polls that, it, that their polls were going down. They didn't say a word. They didn't care at all about any of that. Not at all. Well, here's the, here's the back to blue. Where, where did the back to blue rally end up in D.C.? Play that for me. I've been listening to President Trump holding what was clearly an election rally at the White House. The crowd wearing matching T-shirts and red Trump hats chanted four more years as well as we love you as Mr. Trump continued to undermine public confidence in the upcoming election and falsely claimed that his election challenger, Democrat Joe Biden, is a socialist. The president telling his supporters to, quote, vote them into oblivion. You notice how the that was CBS News. The CBS News anchor says that Trump falsely accused Biden of being a socialist. When, when did you ever hear anybody on the media say that Biden falsely accused Trump of colluding with the Russians or Hillary falsely accused Trump of colluding with the Russians? You never hear them make those corrections from their speeches, do you? Ever. Do you ever hear the media say that Biden falsely said that there was good people on both sides in Charlottesville? It's not what Trump said. Trump says, I condemn all white supremacy right before he said there was good people on both sides. He said, I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists of them. I condemn them all. That's what he said. But there was good people on both sides of the statue debate, but they never correct Biden in every single debate. Biden comes out and says, the reason why I entered this race, every public statement he ever says, the reason why I empty, I entered this race was because President Trump said there was good people on both sides in Charlottesville. And he was alleging that there's good people that are white supremacists and KKK, which he said exactly the stinking opposite. They don't ever break those corrections. Bunch of liars. Speaking of galactic liars, this is, she has decided to, to crawl out. Michael Obama, Michelle Obama, has decided to crawl out from under the rock that she lives in and come out and make some uh, statements about President Trump, of course, calling him a racist and all that. Michelle Obama, what you got to listen for in this video, it's about a minute long, is the percentage that she puts on demonstrations. She says that, I want you to hear that, I don't want to give it away. Some of you have probably seen this, but what she says, how many, how, what the percent was of the demonstrations that were violent. Play it for me. They're stoking fears about black and brown Americans lying about how minorities will destroy the suburbs, whipping up violence and intimidation. And they're pinning it all on what's been an overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity. It's true. 
Research backs it up. Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. So what the president is doing is once again patently false. It's morally wrong. And yes, it is racist. But that doesn't mean it won't work. Because this is a, a difficult time, a confusing time. And when people hear these lies and crazy conspiracies repeated over and over and over again, they don't know what to think. With everything going on in their lives, they don't have time to fact check falsehoods being spread throughout the internet. And even reasonable people might get scared. And the one thing this president is really, really good at is using fear and confusion and spreading lies to win. Oh, really, Michelle? Yeah, it's just the costliest riots in American history, adding up to over a billion dollars in June alone. Now from basically June 1st to now, it's going to be billions and billions of dollars, more than the entire decade of the 60s in riots. But Michelle never hesitates to play this card. There she is. That's what she does. That's who she is. That's who Barack Obama is. That's who they are. That's absolutely who they are. So allegedly, of course, she said a very small percentage of all of the protests were violent. Really? Well, there's new ones out now. You know, it's a sad day because I'm hearing of towns that I've never heard of before because there's riots going on. And this is from Brandon Gutenswager. This is a tweet from him. He said, Speedway left is complete catastrophe after tonight's looting. Police arrive to disperse the crowd. This is going on in Milwaukee and what's called Wawastasa, Wawastasa, Wisconsin. Play it for me. This is in a residential community for those of you who want to vote Democrat. Residential community. Yeah, vote Democrat. This is what you get. These are all Joe Biden supporters. This is the, I mean, think about this if this was in your neighborhood. Still a virtue signaling mask wearer? It's all the same lie. It's all the same lie. If you wear a mask, it's because you believed a convoluted death count. If you're a Black Lives Matter supporter, it's because you believe the convoluted death count. How many people have truly died of COVID? You've heard the percentages tonight, 99.9% post-infection survival rate, 0.1% post-infection death rate of COVID. They've blown up to be this plague from humanity, for humanity, a black plague, the return of the bubonic plague. You were lied about, so you believed in it, strapped a mask on, closed your church, closed your business, Locked yourself in your home. You believed a lie. Same thing they did with Black Lives Matter. Very small death count. How many black women have been killed by the police this year? One. Breonna Taylor. That's it. How many unarmed black men are killed by the police in 2019? Nine. How many How many white unarmed whites were killed by the police in 2019? 19. So you believe the lie. And that's what ends up coming to your doorstep. Here's some more footage from the same rioting. This is all very recent. You can bring it back to me. That's good. 
So that's what's going on. That's Michelle Obama says a very small percentage of the protests have been violent. She's a liar. It's a bold-faced liar. Always said, this is the woman who, when her husband was running, when her husband got elected president, it was the first time in her life that she was proud to call herself an American. That's a quote. She did said exactly that. So let's look at this. You know, she, I guess, is a very put-upon American person, right? Very put-upon. So I did some research on the Obamas. And the Obamas' net worth, Michelle received $60 million alone for her book deal. They get paid tens of millions of dollars for being on the board of Netflix. So they are worth, according to the New York Post, $135 million. That's what the Obamas are worth right now. Now, the interest, now they're put upon, as you know, they've, it's a horrible country. And, you know, racism has cost them so much. The Obamas, race, that's, you know, that's why they had to sit up, stand up and call everybody white supremacists. Because this is such a horrible country and they're worth $135 million minimum. Well, you know what they're, now it's 2020. Now they entered into the president's, the Oval Office, the White House in 2008. They entered the White House in 2008. You know what their, their net worth now, right? 12 years later is $135 million. When they went into the White House, they're worth $1.3 million. And this is a horrible country. And I always want, I always love the tweets that get put out. I'm way more interested in looking into the finances of a politician who became a millionaire than a billionaire, a billionaire who goes into politics. <laughs> I'm not interested in all of what Donald Trump did because Donald Trump didn't earn his money in politics. What Barack Obama was worth $1.3 million when he entered into the White House in 2008 and is now worth $135 million minimum. Remember, Michelle got $60 million. 135 seems low. She got $60 million for her book deal alone. They live in an $11 million mansion, waterfront, on Martha's Vineyard. That's one of their residencies. They also have a residency in D.C. that's worth umpteen millions of dollars. Here's a, a video from the Kamala Harris, Mike Pence debate. And I'm wondering here, as they talk about abortion, why is she shaking her head? Now you I'll show you the video in a second, but does she not support Mike Pence says that she supports late term abortion, abortion up to the moment of birth, increasing funding for Planned Parenthood. Is any of that not true? So why is she shaking her head? Play that video for me. First question. I, I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to a president who stands without apology for the sanctity of human life. I'm pro-life. I, I don't apologize for it. And this is another one of those cases where there's such a dramatic contrast. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris support taxpayer funding of abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. Mm -hmm. Late-term abortion. They want to increase funding to Planned Parenthood of America. Now, for our part, I, I would never presume how Judge Amy Coney Barrett would rule on the Supreme Court of the United States, but um, we'll continue to stand strong for the right to life. There you go. Now, she's sitting here going like this. Why, why is she shaking her head? Does she not support late-term abortion? She absolutely does. She is one of the most... I, I don't like to even say it this way because it sounds too nice. She's one of the worst, most liberal 
senators. She's actually the most liberal ahead of even Bernie Sanders on the Senate floor. According to analysis, she is the most liberal senator in the Senate, even ahead of Bernie Sanders, the co-sponsor of the Green New Deal, a baby butcherer beyond all baby butchers is who Kamala Harris is. And so is Joe Biden. So she does. So she sits there and she shakes her head as, as Mike Pence says, you support late term abortion, want to increase funding to Planned Parenthood. Trump cut $600 million from Planned Parenthood, which they give right back. Supports abortion up to the moment of birth. She absolutely does. And so does Joe Biden. And she sits there the whole time shaking her head. Why would you shake your head? If you're, if you're, if you're solid in your convictions, why would you shake your head? If people said something like, Tom, do you believe the Bible? This would be my head motion. Tom, are you pro-life? Do you want babies to never be killed in the womb? No, I do not. So you're pro-life. That's what my, why is she shaking her head? Because every human being has a soul. She's not beyond salvation. God loves that woman. As much as she loves any, as much as he loves anybody, he loves that woman. He wants her to be saved. God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2.4. She has a soul. She knows how horrid and how wretched and how much blood is on her hands. She knows it. And that's why she couldn't affirm it to the camera. She couldn't affirm it to millions of people because on the inside, her soul is going, you're going to hell if you don't repent. She knew on the inside, I'm a baby butchering monster, monster. And all these compassionate people, all these compassionate people with their, you're going to save lives by wearing a mask. How many babies get killed in the United States via abortion every year? Between one and two million every year. And these people are allegedly, they care about people's lives? Really? Okay. From the Free Beacon and the Gateway Pundit from 10-6. NBC, <laughs> this is classic. This is absolutely classic. I don't know. Hardly anybody watched this thing. But in case you didn't, and I want to just say hi to everybody real quick. I have no idea who's watching right now because our technology is not allowing me. I don't know who's watching on YouTube. So everybody on YouTube, I love you. Thank you for watching. Hey, everybody on Periscope, I love you. Everybody on Facebook, I love you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for sticking with me. I don't know if there's four people watching or 200. I have no idea who's watching right now or what we have. But I love all you guys. Seriously, I do. And I thank you so much for watching this. I really do. So from the Free Beacon and Gateway Pundit 10-6, NBC featured undecided voters, quote now, undecided voters during a town hall who had previously declared their support for Biden. <laughs> NBC featured so-called undecided voters during Monday night's town hall with Joe Biden in Miami. A lot of you had no idea this was Monday night, did you? Yeah, neither did I. Only the undecided voters featured last night had previously declared their support for Joe Biden on NBC's sister channel, MSNBC. Play the video for me. Yesterday on free-to-air television on NBC, they had uh, a puff piece, an advertorial that paraded as a town hall of undecided voters asking Joe Biden questions. Now, let's roll through some of these things here because guess what? They're not undecided voters. Here is the first person asking a question, pretending to be an undecided voter. Uh, welcome to Miami, Mr. Vice President. Um, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and I've been living in Coral Gables for the last 20 plus years. 
Okay, so note the date. Now let's go a little bit before last night. We get four more years of Trump. Good luck. And good luck with the future attracting younger voters. So undecided. Oh, there's another one. Ismail Eliano, who voted for Hillary Clinton four years ago, but has voted Republican in the past. What's your question for Mr. Biden? Hi, Mr. Vice President. How do you think this one's going to end up? Things uh, you know, that, that, that Joe Biden said during his speech that resonated with me was, you know, <laughs> what defines America's possibility. You reckon I can find a third one? Bloody oath I can. <laughs> Mateo Gomez joins us now. Uh, first time voter who came to the U.S. from Colombia at age two. Welcome. Spent a lot of time in Colombia. Thank you. Let's start for the introduction. Yep, he's bullshit too. <laughs> if you had to pull the trigger and vote for someone tomorrow, how would you vote? Probably Biden in this sense. It would be one because just how unpresidential the whole entire debate was three james three here's the question how weird do you have to be i mean how convoluted do you have to be as a human being and i'm talking about the mainstream media and the biden campaign where do these guys come from it reminded me of the the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, when they had the virtual, virtue clap, virtual clapping of when Biden and Harris got nominated and they had all their little screens up and they repeated people on the screens. They couldn't find enough people to fill the screens. You're going to bust? What are you busting these people from one town hall to the next to be your undecided voter block? That's who you're, these three guys that, I mean, and, and how dumb, I mean, I honestly think sometimes I'm like, do these people not realize the age that they live in? How easy it is to go back and find out that you're lying via the videotapes that are all over the internet, all over YouTube, all over conservative sites, all over everything. And you still bust somebody in to call themselves undecided when it's very easy to prove that they're not. I mean, how weird is it to do that? To put them back out again and on the same channel. I mean, how, how convoluted are you? How sick in the brain are you? I love this. This is one of my favorite. This is a, I don't know if it was a tweet or I can't remember where I got it from, but this is the media's Mount Rushmore hypocrisy. This is great. In 1996, when Bill Clinton visited Mount Rushmore during his reelection campaign, ABC News called it a place where American ingenuity and American creativity came together and formed an amazing American accomplishment. In 2008, when Barack Obama campaigned there, CNN called Mount Rushmore a majestic site and every president should visit. In 2016, Bernie Sanders campaigned there and said he was humbled to be in the presence of four of the greatest American presidents, CNN described the scene as awe-inspiring. 2020, Trump visits CNN, called it a celebration of white supremacy, and Trump will stand before two former slave owners on land wrestled away from Native Americans. If you think the media isn't agenda-driven, you have your head in the sand. Absolutely. Speaking of media agenda-driven, put up the Acosta tweets. Here we go. Trump has finally, now that's, this is 10-1-20. Trump has finally condemned white supremacists. And now just three years before that, Trump condemns KKK, white supremacists, commenting on Charlottesville, racism is evil. 
And now, three years later, he finally says it. What, how does that make sense to anybody with a brain? Now, this is more racism from the 2020 Democratic Party. Now, this is, a, this, this is somebody that I follow on Facebook and Twitter. And I don't really even know his name, but he goes under the title of Mr. Reagan. And... This is a video maybe some of you have seen already, but it gets broken down just a little bit more. And I want you to listen to, they always accuse Republicans of putting out dog whistles and saying coded, you know, white supremacist things, which is all bold-faced lies. But listen to the verbiage that this woman uses on this airplane. All that was going on when she was standing in the aisle. And the stewardess was just trying to walk by to go to her station. That's how this started. That's it. No other controversy but that. Play it for me. Rocket camp. You robbed the world of a queen. A queen willing to do a job that most of us could never stomach to do. A queen willing to... Is it? Okay. Yeah, put that on there. I'm a queen. California. There we go. She was from a black queen. What you need to understand, California is a black queen. And that's who I am. She laughing is funny. But she need to understand and respect the queen uh, when she one in her face. Bow down, Yeah. Oh, we just started 40 seconds? Hmm. Okay. Huh. I'm confused. I don't know what happened here. Sorry, folks, for the technical. Um, yeah, go back to the plane. That's where it's actually supposed to be. It's funny, but she need to understand and respect the queen when she see one in her face. Bow down, bitch, because your eyes is recessive. I got the dominant gene. I took all. I got A plus and all of it. When it comes to buying. Okay. Now, I believe I'm, I'm confused. We're having a little bit of a tech issue here. I don't know what happened here exactly but see if we're supposed to start it like we're supposed to start at 40 and we're supposed to start at four minutes that's what this is supposed to be yeah Yeah, where are we supposed to be at the four minute mark is that okay um yeah i don't even know what i'm supposed to be talking about now because i'm lost on the videos yeah this is uh Oh, that, this is how it goes. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is, it comes together here. All right. Now we got it. All right. Let me start this next one here. I want you to, the, the first part wasn't really needed. That's, that was the deal. My screw up. Um, I just want you to listen to the verbiage that's said in, in this mixed with the commentator. It just has a, a very interesting baseline to me. And you'll hear the commonality between this and your modern Democratic Party. Play it for me. And I made this video because a black woman in Georgia, state legislator, went on Facebook and she made a video in which she accused a white man who turned out to be Hispanic, a Hispanic Democrat, actually. She accused this guy, a guy she thought was white, of telling her to go back to her home country. Turned out that this was a total lie. People are getting really out of control with this, with this white privilege. I'm at the grocery store. And I'm in the tin out, the out that says 10 items or less. Yes, I have 15 items. And this white man comes up to me and says, you lazy son of a bitch. He says, you lazy son of a bitch. You need to go back where you came from. People need to see the hate that is going on in this country. 
The hate is real. The hate is real. The hate is real. This was, of course, a complete fabrication. <laughs> I'm the victim of racism. Now, this woman is not just a random citizen. She's Erica Thomas, a public figure in Georgia. We all want to be respected, but this woman wants absolute respect, absurd respect. Now you bring it Queen back to me. B. For some reason, I lost the video that I really wanted to show with that. It's all correlated together, and there's something, I don't know how it got messed up, but there is a whole, if you can pull it up when, uh, on YouTube, you can pull it up on, you know, you can watch it yourself to get what I wanted you to get out of it. There's just a whole bunch of information. I'll try to pull it up and replay it on, uh, on our next podcast. But anyway, moving on. Joe Biden arrives at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. This is an Ali Rafa tweet. And he's greeted by Trump supporters. I found this to be really funny. Play it for me. Here's your he's arriving. I love it. Great. Put next up. Come bring it back to me. That's good. All right, now I want to kind of, we may finish here tonight. I need some updates, guys, on where we're at as far as, you know, everything that I usually can see. I need some sort of updates on things because I have nothing. I can see nothing. I have no idea who's watching. I have nothing. So um, this is what this is a video that I entitled Escape from New York. It's actually entitled Inside Socialist New York City. And it's a video. It's by Benny Johnson, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. And it's America's largest city and the direct consequence of the Democratic Party. And I want you to watch this. And, you know, there's two things you need to look at when it comes to America, when, on whether or not you're going to be a Democrat or a Republican or a conservative or a liberal. How are things going in New York City? New York City is $9 billion in debt. The state of California, the state of California, is over a trillion dollars in debt themselves. 50% of all unemployment applications currently are coming from California alone. I mean, that's 40 million people live there. 330 million live in America. 50% of all unemployment applications are coming from California. But this is an expose about what is going on in New York right now. And it's absolutely astounding. This is for real now. This, is the, this isn't Joe Biden or Kamala Harris's version of what's going on in New York. This is not Chris Cuomo's version. I mean, not well, Chris works too. Andrew Cuomo's version of California or Bill de Blasio's version of what's going on in New York. Or I really get all the states and cities right. Andrew Cuomo's version of what's going on in New York City. This is street level. This is what's really happening in New York City because of democratic policies and because of the false response to COVID-19. Play it for me. People are fleeing New York. Escape Manhattan. You're seeing it in real time all across the city. My name is Benny Johnson. This is Benny on the Block. I have been to New York dozens and dozens of times. Never in my life have I seen a city like this. Moving trucks everywhere. Everywhere you look, we're going to explore in this episode why are people fleeing New York City. Let's go. It's an honor to have John on our show. John, what is New York, what has happened to New York? De Blasio, one word. He's gotta be the worst leader, economic leader, mayor, this city has ever seen. Honestly, he's destroying the city. 
There's garbage everywhere. There's homeless on the street. Everybody's moving out of the city. It's really terrible what he's done to the city. It all started with the tragic coronavirus. It stopped the state of New York cold. Why? Why was the coronavirus so bad here? What you had was a nursing home policy in the state of New York. Governor Cuomo putting the most vulnerable population at risk. BLM riots caused the leftist leaders of New York to capitulate and kneel instantly. What they did was defund their police department. I want people to understand that we are committed to shifting resources uh, to ensure that the focus shifting is resources on our is code for Today in New York, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced a plan to defund the NYPD by shifting money in the city budget from policing to social services. Not only that, but New York released dangerous prisoners from prison early because of the coronavirus. What has that led to? It led to more crime. It led to a lot more crime. 200% increase in shootings. 165% increase in murders. A 300% increase in burglaries and violent crimes. You're just getting started here. The police were defunded uh, to the tune of a million dollars. Do you agree with second? that? All right, brief excerpt. This is America's largest city, obviously with eight to nine million people living there. And all of what you're seeing, what Republicans are in charge there? None. It's a Democratic governor. It's a Democratic mayor. It's all a direct consequence of the Democratic Party. Did you see the, the murder rate increase? 165. Do you, do you realize what that means? I mean, I want, I want you to think about that. 165% increase i mean we've never i've told you these are unprecedented times you see all the goofball covid supporting ridiculous commercials saying these are unprecedented times because of covid no they're not they're unprecedented times because of the democratic party's response to covid using it using it as a lever to get rid of a duly elected president that's all that it's about that's all that it is these are unprecedented times, not because, I mean, where, where are all the bodies? These are unprecedented times. People didn't lose their jobs because they were sick. They lost their jobs permanently in 40 to 50% of businesses because the government closed their businesses down in response to a 99.9% survivable virus. That's what really is happening right now. COVID policy in the Democratic Party the Democratic Party, it's like a Venus flytrap on these states, like North Carolina, Virginia, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Oregon, Washington, Maine, California, Nevada, completely closed down. Still to this day, almost completely closed down. People done. And look at what has happened. Did you see the trash piled up? On the side of the street in Manhattan, New York. Can you believe it? Play the rest of the video for me. For rent. Used to be one of the rarest signs you would see in Manhattan. Some of the highest occupancy rates in the world here on this island, but no longer. Vacancy rates in Manhattan have more than doubled, hitting record highs. Highest price apartments have dropped in value more than 10 percent while vacancies in manhattan 
have skyrocketed almost 100% more than they were this time last year. This is an example of the one-third of small businesses that will never come back according to statistics. It's also an example of what the American Business Exchange Council says is the worst economic outlook of any state, New York. On the street corners, all across the city, you see massive, massive piles of garbage. Why? The city has defunded their garbage waste because they do not have the means to pay for the $100 million budget that it would be to take away all of the garbage and properly fund sanitation. And so because of the domino effect of the economy collapsing and people leaving, here's what you get. Piles of garbage everywhere and the inability to pay for and pick it up. That is how people are living in New York. There's something underlining this, what, what he's doing. This is done purposely. Nobody with any kind of education can, can, can do this, can do this to a city this quickly, this fast, and uh, with no regret. He's got no regret about what he's doing. 65% of the moves in the state of New York are outbound from the state. 95% of the moves in Manhattan are outbound. This altogether is how you get the deserted New York street, a phenomenon unthinkable. A New York where people are fleeing, in fact. Fleeing the leftist leaders who have crumbled their city's infrastructure, defunded their police, made their apartments less valuable, destroyed their businesses, and caused a health crisis for them. The future of New York- All right, back to me. Great. And all for what? They're strangling their own city to destroy an economy so that they can say that Trump has a bad economy. That's all that this is about. People's lives, actual lives, people have died because of this. Not, listen, I know people have died because of COVID. Got it. I'm saying that people have died because of the response to COVID. Tons of people, thousands upon thousands of people have died as a, as a result of the response to COVID. Thousands, millions have lost their jobs forever because of the response to COVID. Also, Democratic politicians can win an election. That's really what it's about. Tell me what the need is. I read to you the stats tonight. It's basically a night, unless you're 70 or above, with comorbidities, pre-existing conditions, COVID is exceedingly survivable. Look at President Trump. Chris Christie just got out of the hospital. Listen, I'm not trying, I like Chris Christie. In my opinion, he's a brilliant guy. But he, I mean, let's talk about his physical appearance. I mean, Chris Christie is very, very obese, very heavy. And he just, he got sick with COVID like seven days ago and he's already out of the hospital. And he went out, did he even need to be hospitalized? He wasn't put on a ventilator. He's out. Trump survived it. How's Kaylee McEnany doing? Just fine. How's every, every how's Tom Hanks doing? He, Chris Cuomo, he got it. I mean, one right after another, you can name it. And I know people have died because of COVID-19, but most people that have put been put down as a COVID death died with COVID, not of COVID. I won't get into that tonight because I get into that every show. Now, speaking of crime in New York, how many of you remember Rick Moranis? Remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters? This is Rick Moranis. He was recently assaulted on the streets of New York. Look, look, watch this uh, Bill Riley video. 
Bill O'Reilly. You know Rick Moranis? Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters. Um, very good guy. 67-year-old actor. May not have heard of him recently because he's been retired for 24 years. After his wife died of breast cancer at age 35, Rick Moranis retired from showbiz uh, to raise his twins, Rachel and Mitchell, which he did by himself in New York City. So he's walking along and a guy walks by and punches him in the face. Moranis has to go to the hospital, then went to the precinct to file a complaint. They got the guy's um, picture. There he is. Just punches Moranis in the face. All right. Now, I called very high level people in the NYPD. I said, what's going on? You know what they told me? This happens every day. 10, 12 people a day in New York City walking down the street and they're getting punched or knifed or slashed or whatever for no reason. It wasn't a robbery. And you know what happens if they catch them? Nothing. Nothing. They're, no bail. No, they're gone. They're in the wind. That's New York City. They're going to lose 100,000 people at least in a year. All them taxpayers. All right, back to me. But luckily, in, in the state of New York, you have an awesome attorney general by the name of Letitia James, who, by the way, now that is basically your number one law enforcement officer in the state of New York by the name of Letitia James. Her campaign was bought and paid for by George Soros, same as Kim Gardner, who's prosecuting the McCloskeys, same as Kim Fox, who did not prosecute Jesse Smollett, same as Keisha Bottoms, mayor of Atlanta, who is wrongfully prosecuting Garrett Rolfe, the officer rightfully shot the suspect, the last name of Brooks, like Rashad Brooks or Armad Brooks or something like that. In the Wendy's parking lot, these are Soros bought and paid for acolytes. And but her solution has been to this is you just saw Bill O'Reilly talking, and Bill O'Reilly says, you know what? He called the police himself. Bill O'Reilly does did in response to this uh, Rick Moranis assault. And you see the guy in the street just walks up, punches the guy in the face, and the police police uh, department's response is this happening hundreds of times a day, and. They don't do anything about it. There's not even a response to it. They're not doing anything about it. But luckily, you have Letitia James, the chief law enforcement officer in the state of Florida. I mean, state of Florida, state of New York. Well, their response so far, her response so far, has been to investigate Trump's finances and sue the National Rifle Association. So what you have is you have New York that can't pick up their trash, a 165% increase in homicides. Thousands are fleeing the state. 95% of the moves in New York City are people leaving the city, not those going in. And you have Black Lives Matter and Antifa running the streets. But luckily, you have Letitia James on top of all this. You have her on top of this. She's monitoring the whole situation by going after Trump's finances and suing the National Rifle Association. There you go. That, that, that's the solutions going on in New York. Your 2020 Democratic Party, Soros bought and paid for acolytes. That's who they are. All over the country, he has bought and paid for. Listen, the, the, state, the district attorney in charge of Philadelphia 
bought and paid for by George Soros all over the country. San Francisco's district attorney bought and paid for by George Soros. That way, whenever something they can, you know, you know, in Portland, Seattle, you have rioters get arrested. They never get charged. They just get let out. Bill, Bill O'Reilly just said a minute ago, calling the NYPD. There's no bail. There's no cash bail in New York. That was a brilliant policy by Bill de Blasio. Where basically, you have no cash bail. So you get out automatically. You punch your wife in the face. You go right back out on the road. Simple as that. As O'Reilly put it, in the wind. Shooting. Here's, here's the uh, stats coming out of New York. And this is from two days ago. Shootings have spiked 127% in New York City this year. And Governor Andrew Cuomo is calling for Bill de Blasio, this is from Fox News, to get it under control. But city officials say liberal uh, pushes to defund the police have hindered the NYPD's ability to keep the city safe. No, no kidding. (laughs) How do you not see that? I mean, only a liberal Democrat could not see that taking police off the streets might, might cause a spike in crime. My, my, I mean, how do you, I mean, it's hard to even talk about because I feel like what I'm saying is two plus two equals four and, and trying to explain that. I mean, how can anybody not understand that? Bill de Blasio backed the city council vote in July to slash the police budget by only $1 billion. Crime has only worsened in recent months and police response times have grown. Yeah, less cops means that it takes longer for the cops that are spread out more to respond to calls. Cop right here, 1992 to 2017. Compared to September of 2019, shootings last month jumped. Get this now. In September of 2019, how many shootings were there in the city of New York? 67. How many this September? 152. Murders increased citywide from 51 to 29. And burglaries climbed to one to 1,255 from 912. According to the latest New York City Police Department's crime report, Police Commissioner Dermot Shea has been critical of the budget cuts that have forced the police department to slash, get now, get this now, 2,500 officers from the force with no immediate plans of graduating a new class of officers from the police academy. But don't worry, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have the response to it. They have the solution. They're going to have psychiatrists ride with police officers. That's what Joe Biden said in the debate. He wants to have psychologists or psychiatrists ride with police officers to respond to calls. Explain to me how it is that you're going to pay for these PhD slash MD level graduates to be in police cars all the time. Again, Democrats don't think two inches in front of their faces. Now, here's an interesting, like I said, you can measure the Democratic Party by New York City, state of New York, and state of California. Even Bill Maher, who is one of the dumbest men on the planet, complains to Adam Schiff. Now, who's Adam? where does Adam Schiff come from? 
Well, he's obviously, he's a congressman, Adam Schiff, one of the big collusion hoaxers, one of the dumbest men on the planet, speaking, being interviewed by one of the dumbest men on the planet. Adam Schiff comes from Northern California, is right next to Nancy Pelosi. His, uh, his congressional district is right there next to Nancy Pelosi. And Bill Maher, this is from a Brett Baker tweet. It says, lefty Bill Maher complains to Adam Schiff about exodus from Democrat-controlled California. I feel like we're living in Italy in the 70s or something. Super high taxes, potholes in the road. I don't know what I'm getting for my super high taxes. Play it for me. Look, you're a congressman from California. I know some of this is not in your domain because you go to Washington and work on national issues. But I live in California, so I'm going to bitch a little bit, can I? <laughs> okay, because, because, you know, I, I mean, there, there is an exodus. I mean, I, California businesses are leaving the state in droves. In just 2018 and 19, which were economic boom years, 765 commercial facilities left. Um, 13,000 businesses left between 2009 and 2016. Look, I came out here in 1983. I found paradise. I love California. I, I, I do. I don't want to leave. Um, but I feel like I'm living in Italy in the 70s or something. Super high taxes, potholes in the road. Fi I don't know what I'm getting for my super high taxes. And I do understand. And this talk of exodus, you know, I tell you, you, people talk about this a lot now, and people are leaving. Like in my industry, Joe Rogan left, um, Ben Shapiro. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk talks about leaving. What do you say about this as a California representative? Well, I think we have to make uh, every effort to make this a more business-friendly state, uh, and I don't think there's anything incompatible uh, with being progressive and also wanted to make sure that this is a place that businesses can um, can uh, survive and, right, and thrive. Notice the delusion. He says there's nothing incompatible about being progressive and 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 creating an atmosphere where businesses can thrive and survive or uh, survive and thrive. You have been progressive and everybody's leaving. And you know, Marr was about to say what he should have said, but he's too much of a coward to say it and too much too, too much married to his own political narrative and too, he doesn't want to do too much destruction to the uh, Democratic Party. If that, was, if that was Republican run, he would have asked these questions. He was about to say fires because they have fires going on everywhere that they blame on global warming. Explain to me how global warming starts a fire. It's so hot outside that the fire just uh, ignites. It, it just... Uh, suddenly nice because of the temperature outside how does global warming start a fire again democrats don't look two inches in front of their face they don't even look they don't even think about investigating the narrative that they spew out to everybody they don't even think about it they just spew it out they, because they know people will buy into it how does global warming start a fire and by the way 53 of the fires on the west coast were arson the, the the forest fires were caused by arson but what mar was he didn't have the guts to say if it was yeah instead of gavin newsom running the state mar would if it was a republican running the state he didn't say anything about the fires the reason why the fires are the way they are is because they don't allow anybody to do control burns anymore L listen i live right next to the state forest 
Mayaka State Forest. I live right next to my my neighborhood is cut into it. We have every every other year a major major control burn. They control burn hundreds of acres every year. This is just a small little forest. They don't do any of that anymore. So basically you have kindling stacked five feet high in the forest. You have one cigarette. It blows up. It's combustible beyond measure because nobody is doing anything in the forest. Why? Because they don't want to kill a squirrel. Allegedly. They don't want to, they don't want to call it's, it's their environment. Hyper environmentalism. Hyper environmentalism is always funny to me. People are like, uh, you know, put up windmills. You know, well, don't have to burn as much fossil fuel. You have to, you know how much of the environment you have to destroy to put up enough windmills to power a house, to power, to power a neighborhood, to power a city. These people are so galactically uninformed or stupid. It's just beyond understanding. So Mar doesn't bring up the fires. He doesn't bring up the homelessness. He doesn't bring up the rolling uh, blackouts that they have. You don't know whether you're going to have air conditioning or not in California. In the United States of America, there's actually a state like that. But luckily, you've got Governor Gavin Newsom on the job. There he is. Here's his response to rolling blackouts, fires beyond control, crime and homelessness through the roof. State is still locked down. He still can't have church there. Here's his response. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a law. This is from Breitbart 10-1 on Wednesday that requires corporations to have a minimum number of board members from underrepresented communities. Underrepresented com- representative communities. As defined by race, gender, sexuality, and other categories, identity. So if you're going to have a board of directors at your business, you've got to have a certain amount of people who are underrepresented on your board, according to the state. Newsom signed the law, AB 979, along with other laws aimed at ending systemic systemic racism, including a law establishing a task force to study reparations for slavery. Thank goodness Gavin's on the job. His whole state's burning down and they're a trillion dollars in debt, but luckily he's looking into reparations. The new bill comes on top of existing legislation signed into law in 2018, requiring that companies have a minimum number of board members who are female or who at least identify themselves as female. Woo! So on their boards, they got to have a certain amount of females or men claiming to be female. I'll translate that for everybody. According to the Legislative Council's Digest, AB 979 requires public companies to have a minimum of one director from an underrepresented community as defined. It will also require no later than the close of the 2022 calendar year, such a corporation with more than four, but fewer than nine directors to have a minimum of two directors from underrepresented communities and such a corporation with nine or more directors to have a minimum of three directors from underrepresented uh, communities. <laughs> Remember, 50% of all unemployment claims come from that state and that's the action that they're taking. Here's another action they're taking. California passes law allowing biological males to be housed in women's prisons. <laughs> Democratic governor 
Gavin Newsom signed a legislation on Saturday allowing transgender inmates to be housed in prisons based on the gender with which they identify. Nothing bad could happen as a result of that, could they? Here's another thing from Gavin. Gavin signs an order banning sales of gasoline-powered cars in California by 2025. (laughs) 2035. Woo! There's some great leadership for you. Wow, what a leader. Unbelievable. Let me see if... How many more do I got here? I'm going to see if I got, if I'm going to continue on with, let's see. I want to finish strong with something good here. Got a couple different stories left. I'll do. I'll finish up with Trump. Let's go to the Trump tweet from the Hill. There you go. I'll finish off with Trump. Here comes, here's Trump. Now this is from yesterday or today. I can't remember which Trump announces. He will reverse gender neutral terms for Navy SEALs, calling them ridiculous. Yes. Trump next Trump tweet. This is awesome. Love this one. Donald Trump, Dems want to shut your churches down permanently. Hope you see what is happening. Vote now. He's responding to Cliff Maloney. If if you would have told me in 2019 that we were just one year away from Americans being arrested for holding outdoor church services, I would have thought you you to be insane. Trump responds, Dems want to shut your churches down permanently. Hope you see what is happening. Vote now. He's exactly correct. Trump's going to win, folks. He is going to win 45 states minimum in a landslide election. I really do believe it. Don't believe the polls. Rewind back to the beginning of the show. If you need to be encouraged, rewind back to the beginning of the show. I go through the polling data that I use. That's, That's way, way more reliable because it's unbiased. What's happening in the polls now? Polls are not reporting to you statistical data. They're driving a narrative to try to discourage Republicans from voting. That's all that's going on. That's it. 3385 South Access Road, Inglewood, Florida. Come and join me tomorrow at this church. Do you like the Bible? Do you like hellfire and brimstone preaching? Do you like the promises of God being preached? The power of the Holy Spirit. Fervent, anointed worship and preaching. If, if, no holds barred, heaven and hell, repentance, hellfire, brimstone, turn or burn, real church. Join me tomorrow morning right here, Foundation Church, Inglewood, Florida. If you gotta drive, drive. Don't go to your temperature taken, social distancing, alcohol gel station, lockdown churches. Don't go anymore. They're not biblical, they're weak. Go to a real church. Join me tomorrow. If you're anywhere nearby, here's how it works. 9 a.m. service, 11.15 a.m. service. I, my preaching goes live somewhere between 11.45 and 12 noon. I'll be live preaching. So you can watch online if you're nowhere near or out of state. And we, we're about to get to where our worship's going to go back to being live also. We got the proper equipment to do that again. So we're going to be doing that. So eventually the 11 o'clock service, the whole service will be live. That's coming in the next week or two. I really love you guys. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for being on the show. Would we go over <laughs> two hours? Woo! Long, long, long podcast. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Bring all the Christians, Lord, tomorrow to the churches that you want them to be at. Not the ones they want to go to, but the ones that you want them to be at. I pray this over the entire United States of America. We pray over President Trump. We pray over this election. Lord, we pray in a Trump victory. Why? Because he is pro 
pro-life, pro-church, pro-Christian, pro-even other religions. He's pro-freedom. Lord, we pray over his victory. We receive his victory. We lose his victory. And we know it's going to happen in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen and amen. I love you guys. God bless you. See you tomorrow morning. Enjoy the rest of your night.